Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm a ranger at the Grand Canyon National Park, Arizona. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. It's an incredible job, and you get to meet so many new people. Apart from the obvious scenic advantage, the management there provides amazing service. Our rooms and stations are nice, and they renovate every year before the massive tourist rush. The meals are delicious and fulfilling. Anyway, yeah, I love the job. 
You might know that the Grand Canyon National Park also shares a boundary with the Navajo region. One of the questions I'm often asked by visitors, especially since I patrol that side of the park, is do you ever have any strange experiences on that side, or if the Navajo people are spooky? According to our training sessions and briefings, the Navajo like to stay to themselves. That's a big reason why I have not really seen them near the park before. Now that I think about it, it was just the other day when I saw an older Navajo man, about 70. He had a hunched back in the typical Native American getup. I approached him, asked if he needed help navigating. He looked lost. As soon as I did, his eyes opened wide and grabbed my hands into it with a really strong grip. It even hurt a little. I don't think the old man had that much strength left in him. He pulled me so I was staring into his eyes at eye level, and he spoke in a very hushed voice. He informed me that he had been looking for me since that morning, but he'd only just found me. When I asked if I knew him, he said that was irrelevant. His next words shook me. He was seeking me out to warn me about my death. I was speechless. I kept asking, who are you? I didn't know what to think about it at that point. I asked him what he meant and told me one of the tribesmen was trying to learn magic and they fell prey to the evils that they could achieve with it. He was apparently said to become a skinwalker. Now I don't know much about the Navajo people's beliefs or their faith in local stories or any other religions or factions beliefs, but I didn't believe any of it. They were fairy tales to me, fictional stories. They sounded so absurd and that's what I thought at the time. The old man was telling me tales, and I figured he was delusional, especially since he was so old. I shrugged off his words and began to walk him towards the gate that would lead him back to the Navajo region. The entire way he kept shaking and repeating as if in a stance that I needed to stay inside my cabin tonight, and I should not come out no matter what happened. I led him to the gate. There was some other Native Americans already waiting for the old man outside. To my surprise, as soon as they saw the old man with me, they ran up to us and took the old man away at a speed that really made me think. Anyway, I watched them walk off and disappear off into the distance. I came back inside and got back to my daily duties and checking. The rest of the day was rather uneventful, with the exception of a couple of losing their kid in a park. We immediately helped them, and thankfully we found the child. After sunset, I went inside my unit and took a break. I ate some food and relaxed a little while I was laying on my bed reading a book. I heard this shriek in the distance. It was faint, but I heard it loud and clear. I turned to look at my radio, anticipating a voice on the other end saying something about the shriek. There is nothing. I waited for a few more moments. The radio was still quiet. I just shrugged and went back to my reading. I heard the same sound again, this time a lot louder and closer. I was up and gearing up already. I thought maybe nobody else heard it, even though it would be strange. I left my firearm inside. I didn't think I needed it, and I rushed outside in the direction of where I thought I had heard the sound come from. It was a dark night, and it was quiet, which is why the rustling in the distance was so clear. I heard the shriek again, and this time it sounded like an injured animal. It came from behind a tree. I began to approach it slowly, and I stopped dead in my tracks when something emerged from behind the tree. It was something I can't really explain. 
It was bent down on all fours and growling while looking down. There was drool coming out of its mouth. I took my flashlight from my pocket and flashed over it. That was a big mistake. The thing immediately hissed and stared directly into my eyes. They were pure black and it scared me. I turned around and ran back. I had nothing to defend myself with. I could hear the thing running behind me. I ran in the direction of the ranger station went inside, closing the door. I went into the security room and checked the cameras. The one focused on the door outside the station showed that this thing was chewing on something. I couldn't tell. Then it started walking away again on all fours. I stayed in the station until the thing was out of sight. I double-checked all the cameras. I went outside and straight to my room. The next day, I told the other rangers about it in the morning. They checked last night's recordings and were as freaked out about it as I was. We were now extra careful that night and the night after, but we never saw that thing again, and I could not get the old man who had warned me earlier out of my head. There was a secret camping spot in Oregon that I would go to with my friends, often that was extremely hard to find, but absolutely worth the trouble. I decided to meet a friend up there for a weekend in May. When I pulled up 300 hundred yards down the road, there was a man in a VW bus with his dog. He gave me a wave and I waved back. I then met up with my friend near the lake. My friend and I fished for a few hours and were the only people camping on the lake. When it got dark, I went back to my car to put away dinner supplies. To my left was the lake maybe 600 yards away. Straight ahead was a road that lead to where the VW above you bus was, and to my right was thick forest. Right when I shut my car door, I heard a blood-curdling scream. Sounded like a woman, about 50 yards to my right in the thick forest. I could not move. I started hearing barking and looked up and saw the man and his dog next to the VW bus. The man had a headlamp on which shined down on the dog who was barking and moving in circles, clearly freaked out by the scream. Then the man started running towards me and yelling, Did you hear that? And still freaked out by the noise, but even more freaked out by the dude, said, Yeah, what was that? The guy stops near me and confidently says, Bigfoot. Here I am, a twenty-something female in the middle of the dense forest. My friend is too far to hear, and some crazy dude is telling me I just heard Bigfoot. He then gets close and says, you know who can protect us. Jesus Christ! Let me put a safety bubble around you. The man proceeds to create an invisible bubble with his arms around the area we're in. I probably awkwardly said, thanks. And all I remember is running back to my friend. When I get back to him, I asked if he had heard the scream, and he said no, and I proceed to tell him the story. Either this was an elaborate prank by Jesus dude, or I heard Bigfoot, but the fact that the dog was freaking out still haunts me today. I have many stories, but these stick out for me. Camping in the Alberta foothills in a remote place with my mom. We're just finishing up dinner, probably crap dinner, and it's dusk and we hear a crashing through the woods. The dog starts to go crazy and we watch, frozen as a moose yearling comes barreling towards and past our sight trailed closely by a large black bear. Doesn't get more canuck than that. 
decades later, I'm female 30, on a solo me, cation with my dog in the West Coenaise. 16,000 up a logging road from the nearest pavement, and I ditched my car to backpack down and camp on a deserted white sand beach. I see no one all day, so I'm swimming and suntanning and drinking and smoking weed in the nude and just generally being my degenerate granola self. At one point, a fisherman trolls by and there are some far-off boats, but that's the most human interaction I have. I stoke a huge fire and play loud tunes. Bedtime comes and I shut down my sight and tuck the dog in the tent with my axe and hunting knife and we pass out. I wake up hours later to the sound of footsteps in the sand. Not really getting closer, almost as if whoever it is is circling at a distance. It sounded like human feet with back front transfer. All my hair stands up on end and I immediately regret being the naked drunk chick lighting a huge signal fire to let any creep within eyesight know where I am. I sat in that tent gripping my axe in one hand and my knife in the other as I waited to be murdered by some backwoods psycho next to my wimp dog. Eventually the footsteps faded away. I'd like to think it was a bear or a cougar, but my spidey senses still think it was a two-legged danger beast. Left like a bite out to hell the next morning. My college took a bunch of us, youth mentors, on a camping trip without the kids for bonding and leadership skills before the kids camped with us the following week. To preface this as a college-sponsored event that was drug and alcohol-free, and none of us were drinking or smoking weed. Our camp guide wanted to take us on a night hike without flashlights. The guide at the front was the only one using a flashlight while the rest of us holding hands had to rely on good communication from the person in front of you. Before the hike, he was burning sage around us for protection and told us we might see unexplainable sights. My best friend and I looked at other like what smoke shack did he come from. As we were hiking, I noticed the moonlight looked very sparkly like little balls of light descending down on one part of the trail. At the time, I didn't know what it was, but looking back, I think they were orbs. We walked some more. Then I felt something following us. I looked up at the top of a tree in a shadow, effortlessly hopping tree, to tree watching us from below on the trail. I nudged my friend and whispered to look up, and she gasped and held my hand tighter. After the hike, my friend and I talked about the shadow that followed us and how it kept a safe distance from us. Others said they saw the shadow, too, and our guide said it was Native American warrior, ghost, protecting his area. My family and I went camping in Alaska last year. It was very remote, and we were the only people we knew of in this area camping. When we woke up in the morning, my phone was at the entrance of the tent, which immediately creeped me out because I had placed it inside my bag in the tent. I decided that I must have gotten it out during the night and forgot. Later that day, I get into my photos to send some pics of my kids to my pants. As I am clicking on pics to send, I become sick to my stomach. There's a picture of my family sleeping, including me, taken with my phone. I showed my husband, and we made the choice to leave instead of stay another night. 
camping in Allegheny National Forest back in 99 with this girl I was dating. Two bears stopped about a hundred feet or so away and checked us out. We basically just froze and they continued on their way after a few seconds. I think I was rummaging through our food sack where there was jerky and stuff like that. It was the middle of summer, so it's not like food was scarce for them. Plus there were other people not too far, but still, my heart sure skipped a beat. I was tree planting north of Lake Nipigon for the summer. Halfway through a bag up, I realized I had to shit, get my pants off, lean against a tree, and just as I start shitting, a massive black bear lumbers into the clearing. Looks at me, I look at him. I imagine my obituary mentioning a dad at 19 half covered in my own shit. He lumbers away. If I wasn't already shitting, I would have done it in my pants. Same summer, I'm just south of Lake Nipigon on a different cut block. It's raining hard as F. I have my headphones and listening to Rage, and on top of that, I have my hard hat on, and anyone who's worn a hard hat in the rain knows that it's loud as hell. Anyway, I'm about 50 feet out from the tree line when a song ends, and I feel this present. Slowly turn around. Big F, off bull moose, bursts out of the tree line and is booking it at me. Screamed like a girl and literally dove behind this big-ass rock ten feet to my right. This asshole charges right through where I was standing impossibly fast because they're basically goofy all-terrain horses. Looks slightly over his shoulder at me as if to call me a loud bitch, then keeps galloping off into the far tree line. Taught me a lesson. Never blast music in the woods so loud that you can't hear your surroundings, even if you're doing a shitty job that you can barely stand. Finally, next summer, I'm planted near the border with Manitoba. Windy day. Just finished a bag up. Crossing back through my land when a random huge gust of wind slams this cluster of dead trees. We call them chickos, and slams three of them over. The sounds of the roots ripping through the ground was insane. One of them was big enough to easily kill me and crush me so bad I'd be unrecognizable, which it would have done if its roots had given way faster, and I didn't have an extra second to realize it, what direction it was falling and dodge left. Missed me by ten feet or so, had a forearm. Thick branch slammed my knee and knocked me out of commission for the day. Point is, tree planting in northern Ontario is basically final destination. Maybe just for me, though. I went camping in Ontario at a campground in May. It was still pretty cold, so it was super empty. During the night, myself and a friend were sitting by the fire when we heard noises in the bushes over the course of a few hours. Couldn't tell what it was. Then, once we got in the tent, a pack of coyotes surrounded us, and we're sniffing around at our feet through the tent. They were yipping and growling and whining outside our tent. Some laid against the tent just waiting for some movement. It was horrifying. There was definitely at least ten. I called. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 911 because I didn't know what to do. They sent a cop car to our site, which scared them all away. The cop asked where I was from. I'm from a very rugged area with a lot of wildlife that aren't used to humans and avoid humans, and he laughed at me for being a wuss. Don't feed wildlife. I was at Walmart earlier and there, there was a lady in the parking lot feeding a fox peanut. Like WTF? On a scout trip to Halliburton, Ontario, we had made a day hike out to a remote lake for the night. At the time, I was working on wrapping up my wilderness survival badge. One of the requirements was building and sleeping in a shelter, and I was so excited to avoid carrying more gear. We climbed a rock outcropping overlooking mislaid lake, and I began looking for a good spot to begin setting up. I discovered a partially uprooted tree that created a shallow burrow. The roots picked up all of the moss and dirt like a carpet, requiring minimal updates to make this hole a home for a night. After cleaning out the spider hotel, I shimmied myself deep under the roots in my bag for the night. I awake in the middle of the night in fear. I know something woke me up, but I'm not sure what. Laying perfectly still, my eyes wide open as my heart catches up and starts pounding. Then I hear it, something breathing. It's walking nearby and it sounds big. My mind starts screaming bear. As I start sliding deeper into the burrow, my friends in a tent nearby whisper to me, Hey, you hear that? Can you run over here? Quietly, I respond, no way. I have my knife trained on the entrance. My focus is locked in the small opening, contrasted by the bright moonlight as I wait for a snout to appear to launch my defensive. I hear the meandering steps getting closer when the animal abruptly pauses and then explodes with a huge snort. The amount of air this moose snorts out nearly blew out my eardrums. It sounded like an air hose breaking. In an instant, this moose blows and turns to run out of our camp, crashing through trees and brush along the way. At the moment, I was so relieved it wasn't a bear, but the next morning revealed just how close I came to disaster. Hoof prints a few strides from my flimsy moss roof. A few more steps, and I would have been crushed. Kinda dislike telling my story because it almost doesn't sound real low. Got a rooftop tent for my Jeep for my girlfriend recently. We drive out to her family's property and stay like a hundred yards into the woods behind her grandmother's house on a trail that's been cut. We're like an hour from the nearest town, middle of nowhere. Around 3 a.m. I wake up due to the jeep shaking. Wasn't much but enough to wake me. At first I thought it was my girlfriend moving around, but the jeep shakes again and I could tell she hadn't moved at all. Jeep shakes a couple more times. Then I hear the metal panel of either my front passenger door or front quarter panel warping in. I wake my girlfriend up. She confirms something outside, shaking the jeep. At this point, I was praying for anything besides a person, because I didn't have my glasses or gun with me, and it was a new moon phase, so it was completely dark out. We never looked outside to see what it was. Never figured it out. 
Never heard nails or anything touch the Jeep and never heard footsteps at any point. I set the car alarm off to try and run off whatever it was. I didn't sleep the rest of the night. Another story I have is staying in central Mississippi. Literally every 20 minutes, multiple packs of coyotes would howl for minutes in every direction. At times it was so loud I thought they were circling the jeep or within 50 feet from us, but we never actually saw them. This was a really cool trip because although I've heard coyotes before, it was never so many so loud or so frequently nearby. We didn't sleep all night because we simply couldn't with the noise. Two years ago, I was camping with my ten-year-old and her friend. We were screwing around, dancing, and I stood up too fast, got lightheaded, and fell face first into the fire. My forehead hit the fire ring, and I plunged my arms into the coals. I launched myself out of the fire immediately, but my shirt was on fire, and my head was a bloody disaster. As soon as I saw the amount of blood on the towel I put to my head, I thought F. It was 10.30 p.m. I had the girls dump all our water on the fire, grabbed my phone and keys and quickly hiked us out to the car. I left everything else behind, including my glasses and wallet. The girls were crying. Started driving towards home and called 911 to ask where I should even go. Turns out that the closest the ER was actually where we lived, 45 minutes away. So I drove home in the dark through a bunch of construction without my glasses in shock and bleeding profusely. I made phone calls on the way to have my husband and the other child's mom meet us at the hospital. It wasn't until the ER nurses started wrapping me up in sarin wrap that I realized that I had a bunch of burns, including second-degree burns on my arms and hands. That shit was crazy, and I have the gnarly scars to prove it. Back when I lived in the United Arab Emirates, my co-workers and I off-roaded into the sand dunes in the empty quarter, an extremely remote part of the Arabian desert, to camp. We had no tents since it was the desert, and it never rained. About an hour after going to bed, I woke up to the sound of thunder and opened my eyes to see lightning strike a couple of feet from our sleeping bags, and it just kept coming. We all screamed, bloody murder! grabbed our gear and sprinted as fast as we could across the dunes to our car. It probably looked hilarious since we were stumbling all over the place, but we were genuinely scared for our lives. We then had to off-road back to the highway on wet sand through what was by far the most intense lightning storm I've ever seen. We sped the four hours home to Abu Dhabi without stopping, and I have never been happier to sleep in my own bed. So much for it never raining in the desert. Some of our other friends had a differently scary experience camping in the same area a few months earlier, as they were sitting by the fire drinking beers. They were approached by a group of armed Saudi border guards and told to pack up camp. Apparently, they had unknowingly crossed the Saudi-slash-Emirates border, since it's not marked in such a remote R of the desert, and were camping on the Saudi side, beers and all. The border police let them move their camp about 30 feet back to the Emirates side, and all was good. It just about gave them a heart attack, though.
camping at Lake Gunnersville in Alabama. That area is prone to sudden pop-up thunderstorms. So I had a giant 20 feet by 40 feet tarp I set up high up so the fire ring firewood storage and cooking area had a roof to keep everything dry and give us a sheltered seating area. It was about 4 p.m. Had the fire going and was about to start cooking dinner. A giant dark wall cloud rolled over the mountain ridge behind us. Shortly after we saw the cloud come over the ridge, there was a giant downburst that smashed the tent flat, snapped the center rope for the fly, and brought the whole campsite down. I was afraid the fly tarp was going to catch fire. It turned out that sudden blast of freezing cold wind was so intense that it blew the campfire out like a candle. We found the dog hiding under the truck. The whole thing was over within 45 seconds, but it took the rest of the day to repair the damage to the campsite. We ended up having MREs for dinner. During this last hunting season, I was hiking into an area well before first light. It's a wilderness area, and I was trying to get ahead of the five. Yes, five different groups of hunters at the trailhead. It leads into a very large area. Anyways, I was two and a half miles in and it's a full moon, but I'm in the shadow of a ridge in a wooded area. So aside for the little I get from a redhead lamp, I can't see more than a few feet in front of me. I came across an 18 feet blue igloo cooler that had quite obviously been torn up by an animal and checking up on it I gathered from the tooth and claw marks it was a bear. Now mind you there's no camp in sight but I know that around 8 miles in there's a group that uses pack animals to get better. Set up I assume they lost it and just didn't realize. Now I have no idea of when the cooler could have been torn up or when any of it happened. I just keep moving along. I don't have bear spray or anything. For those who know, I have a 9mm with FMJs and a .240, three so am not exactly equipped for a big bear. About 60 yards down the trail from where I found the cooler, I heard it. Never did see it. The creek was about 40 yards from the trail I was on and it sounded like boulders being rolled over in the creek. The stupid thing I did, I think, was not make more noise than I should have. I was only about a half mile from the specific draw I wanted to hunt, and I didn't want to ruin my chances since the area had already been hunted really hard. So not only did I hear the bear figure out I was there, I heard him decide not to leave. Headlamp on full blast, pistol in hand, fastest 2.5 miles of my life. A few years ago, I was camping in Smoky Mountain National Park near Cherokee, North Carolina. The first night, the people in the next campsite over began crying and shouting at a large man who was slumped over the picnic table, and I ran up to assist. Not sure exactly what was wrong, but we got him up and stable. But he kept passing out. He was very large. We were somewhat remote, but there was a camp host way down the mountain. I blew the horn on my truck three long times, and the host responded. We got him to the hospital in Cherokee, and I joined the family. The doctors got him stable, said it was something with his heart, and then said we had to take the patient somewhere else because he's not Cherokee. Learned a lot about tribal law that night. 
One night I was backpacking with a friend. We hit the trail kind of late, maybe around four or five, and planned to go eight miles to water. Had been there the year before. It was the middle of summer, so we had plenty of light. We got the eight miles out, and where they was supposed to be water, there was none. But I knew where rivers were around there, back the way we came and down another trail, so I wasn't too nervous. Water is so vital, especially in the southwest, and can cause panic when it's not where you think on a backpacking trip. But it was pitch dark by that point, and we still had to hike. Another couple of miles to try to find somewhere to sleep, because there really wasn't any good flat ground to pitch a tent around the dried-up spring, and we had originally planned to go a bit further down the trail, but we now needed to focus on heading towards the water. The river was about six miles away, so we end up camping very remotely in this weird splotch of flat land, with like little stones in the grass that we literally see the moonlight reflecting into, and I think that's the only way we would have known it was in there with such dense forest. It's a kind of thing that would just been impossible to see in the daylight, so we set up camp, eat a little food, take a few drinks of water, and then go to sleep. The wildest night of my life, I'm in my tent, and it seems to get windy, and there are things scratching on the outside of my tent, and I know I set up my tent with nothing around to scratch it, so I get it out a couple times to see if there's a little bush or something, but there's not. The bushes are not touching my tent, so I start to fall asleep just trying to meditate and get past the wind. My friend is over in her tent, COVID, so we were being safe. I start to fall asleep, and I hear my friend behind me, and I scream because she startled me, and I turn over, assuming she got spooked and came in to sleep with me, but nobody has climbed into my tent. I swear there was somebody hovering over me just a minute before. I want to be clear here that I'm not afraid of the forest. I live a couple miles from here, and I'm very comfortable in this setting. I've spent my entire life in wild spaces. Love to backpack and have never been spooked by anything other than an animal too close. And they have always been outside my tent, never in. So after I get spooked awake, I'm obviously a little on edge, and my friend called over from her tent and was asking if I was okay. I screamed, and she had never heard me do that before. I'm like, yeah, man, things are just word over here, and she's like, yeah, over here. I guess it's this wind and wheat go back to trying to sleep. What ensues is me laying there all night with wind that looks like hands pushing on the tent. I'm sitting up in my tent trying to rationalize how the wind could push on one space and not another and come from multiple directions like pushing many sides of my tent at once. Because what it seems like is there's people or beings outside shaking and pushing on my tent. Let me reiterate that I have spent hundreds of nights in tents, and I've never seen anything like this. I leave my tent several times, and the wind seems to die down. It's not that windy out there. There's definitely no people out here. This goes on for hours until I finally zone out right before sunrise, and I'm grateful to be able to get up and pack up and leave. That field highlighted by moonlight, I, I don't think, has had people in it in a very long time and I'm not sure what was going on there, I wouldn't spend the night there again. As we were hiking to water, I expressed to my friend that I didn't get any sleep because of the wild night with the wind, and she was freaked, 
because she had the same experience and said she was so scared and she thought she was making a big deal out of the wind, but that she has never experienced wind. Like that, that seemed to defy nature's laws. Another person who has spent hundreds of nights in tents. Several summers in a row, she did multiple weeks on long trails, very experienced. It was intense. 